We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia where this podcast was recorded and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hi, I'm Daniel Moore and you're listening to a Hearing Architecture mini-episode. In this mini-episode, you're going to be hearing from Georgia Burks. Georgia is an Indigenous practicing graduate architect and co-curator of the Asia-Pacific Architecture Festival, or APAF. At the time of this recording, Georgia was working as an associate with Myers Elliott in Brisbane and since then started a new position at Architecture Media. Here's Georgia and I speaking about co-curating APAF and the experience of being involved in a major cultural event in Australia. All right, Georgia, thank you so much for joining us on the Hearing Architecture podcast. It's really great to be connecting with you up in uh, Queensland. You've got some amazing work that you're being involved in at the moment. Can you tell us about the Asia-Pacific Architecture Festival that you've been involved in and and what it's about and what your involvement is? Uh, Thanks for having me, Dan. It's a pleasure to be on the show for those who don't know me, I'm Georgia Burks. I am a Kamilaroi and Dungari, uh, proud descendant of the Kamilaroi and Dungari people, which is northern New South Wales. And I'm a practicing architectural graduate at my Elliott up in Brisbane in the little pocket called Rosalie. And like you mentioned, Dan, um, this year and last year, I started organizing um, the Asia Pacific. Architecture Festival for 2020, which I believe it was its it was its fifth year this year. So its founding partners, the State Library of Queensland and Architecture Media, have been running um, this festival for the past couple of years, and it really focuses in on and and celebrates the architecture and the building industry across the Asia Pacific. So we're pulling in people from India, Thailand, New Zealand and across Australia to just share ideas and discuss innovations and technologies in the built industry. So I joined the team last year as co-curator with Cameron Brun and uh, I'm continuing my involvement for 2021 with an amazing panel of curators, um, but I'm sure we can chat about that later. Yeah, fantastic. And so what sort of work gets shown at APAF? It's quite a range of topics and events. So um, in the past couple of years, the festival didn't have a theme, but its focus was obviously on architecture. And so there was a regional focus on some events, but um, some were international. And then this year for 2020, was the first year that we had a theme. The theme water was really timely because of the climatic changes that we've been seeing, um, particularly emphasised by the bushfires that happened at the end of 2019 and 2020. And then what that allowed us to do was really branch out even further into regions. So we've gone up into um, Townsville. We had an event up there. We also had art galleries from Redcliffe and out west So, I mean, tying back to that original question, the festival does branch out into regional areas um, in Australia, but it focuses on international areas as well. 
But with the theme this year, we sort of allowed us to encourage people to theme their event as well and really uh, narrow down on speakers that were engineers, um, landscape architects, artists, curators who had worked on a project that tied in nicely with the theme water. So what was really great about that was that Pragoma had their wonderful water exhibition on at the time um, and we were able to do have a, a Pecha Kucha talk out there um, in the gallery and there were science and all different professions discussing water and it linked in really nicely to architecture as well. Okay, very nice. So it sounds like the theme water really brought together lots of people with different perspectives and different projects that were happening. What were some of the real outliers, the real, the really surprising projects or architecture firms that presented at, at APAF 2020? Hmm, I'm going to have to think about that one for a bit because there was quite a number of interesting speakers. One of my favourite designs that was discussed and shared at the symposium and really stuck with me was um, by Kochukon Vorakam from Land Process. She was from Thailand and she is, what she's doing is quite profound. Um, one of her projects, the Chalongkorn University Centenary Park in Bangkok, has been designed as this public park. It has event spaces and working gardens, but it really tackles and focuses in on climate change and adapts to flooding and filters the water to make it fresh. And it, it really was quite interesting to see how we could incorporate that at quite a large scale. Probably one of my favourite pieces that tied in really well with the theme, but was a really good representation or demonstration of design that tackles and works with climate change. Yeah, I guess that's one of the great things about APAF is that it's going to show people projects that could then inspire architects in Australia to do something that utilises the really great results from that project in Thailand. That's, that's exactly right. And and that's the beauty of APAF is, you know, you go there um, to be inspired and, and to see innovative projects and to have a conversation with other people in your industry about how you might adapt ideas that you've learnt into your own designs and design thinking. And so in terms of I mean, we've got a few big conferences in Australia for, for architecture, uh, why do you think uh, APAF has been so successful? Yeah, I think, you know, you see a lot of media platforms and I guess online festivals that have a really strong representation of if it's international it's generally European or American and with the Asia Pacific I think there are some really innovative technologies but also design processes that are that could be quite close to home and and applied here. We share similar histories in a way where you've got colonization across Polynesia, Australia, Indonesia, and that's a layer that we all share and have in common. But then what are the other things that we have in common as well is there's climate and we don't get a lot of snow in Australia. So it's like, why are European buildings that are, you know, adapting to the snow and, and quite cold conditions? So why do I think the Asia Pacific Festival has been so successful? Because we're bringing our neighbours, we're inviting our neighbours into our home Australia and, and sharing ideas about what we have in common and, and how we're tackling uh, 
different design parameters. And um, there's so many interesting architects and designers over in the Asia Pacific. And so if we can celebrate that, people are certainly interested. And Brisbane's so small and local that it's nice and easy to create a really strong networking system here, which is another reason why I think the Asia Pacific Architecture Festival is, is so successful. It just allows for networking to happen. I mean, that's certainly how I got involved with assisting and curating this festival. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned before as well that, you know, Australia's got this real uh, colonial history that it, most of our buildings from the last 200 years are from the colonial Australia and it seems to be where our focus is in terms of media and the history that we see when people are talking about Australian architectural history. And when we look at our Asian Pacific neighbours, they've all also got their own colonial story that uh, that they're dealing with too. Did that come up very much in the conference? Yeah, we certainly have had a number of events that discuss um, specifically uh, Indigenous um, values and culture and architecture. And particularly for 2020, we had Julie Stout from New Zealand discussing Maori history and um, that was really quite interesting. So that had a really strong story about colonization and reclaiming the land um, through her speech. Really, the the common thread there that I'm talking about was really strong through the architecture symposium that we had. That was on the last day of the festival, which was the Friday. <laughs> so halfway through the festival, but it was the final event. Little did we know. The common thread through all of the speakers, which was really clear to see because there were um, an array of cultures. We had Thailand and Japan, China, New Zealand, India, Singapore and Indonesia, but there was a really strong presence of community engagement through their design process. And I feel that's something that's starting to happen um, and be a bit more prominent in architecture in Australia. So I thought that was a really great example to show people that it can be done and it is being done. So I'm really excited to see what projects come out of processes that involve the community that we see our our Asia-Pacific neighbours doing because the outcomes are beautiful. Do you want to tell us about some of those projects where those sort of connections are already happening? Yeah. Real Rich uh, from Raw Architecture, he was um, from Indonesia and actually just got long-listed for D-Zine. His project was a school and it was called Alpha Omega School and they did these wonderful ridge-like structures, which I believe it is made out of bamboo, um, so quite a vernacular material. And the way that they've used these vernacular technologies and forms doesn't make it feel like it's an imitation. It's just this natural evolution and adapting to the site and um, making it usable for students and young children. But it basically sits on this river. And so they've elevated it and have got the community involved with how they want to use these spaces and how the school is going to be utilised. And it's just created this piece of architecture that's specific to the site, specific to Indonesia and specific to the community that's going to use it. Yeah, one sounds absolutely fantastic. 
Did you have many Indigenous architects presenting at, at APAF? We did. We had one of the events that got through, which was fantastic, was the uh, AA Roundtable Rights and Reclamations. And BVN hosted it up in their Brisbane office, which was so lovely, such a lovely space to sit in. It, it was quite um, a comfortable and casual uh, space for all audience members, but also the speakers. Um, and so there was Carol Gosam of the University of Queensland and she was joined by Sarah Lynn Reese and Dylan. And it basically was a discussion about the intersection of architecture and Indigenous narratives and histories and their own experiences of applying those values um, of culture into their design. Mm. What do you think the big takeaway from that roundtable was? I mean... I think the audience, each audience member would have taken away their own opinion, but certainly there was this one moment um, that Dylan mentioned and he said, um, we didn't name the land, the land named us. And that really stuck with me. And I, if I link it back to architecture, I think about how we need to work with the land and work with Indigenous communities to let the land speak its truth and place a building on the site where it works with the land and with the vegetation and with the seasons that it's going to um, go through. And, yeah, that for me really stuck. I hope a lot of people took more than that away. I'm I'm sure that they would have... um, that sounds, yeah, it sounds like a really moving moment. Yeah. It sounds um, like a yeah, beautiful space and a beautiful, encouraging, you know, um, very safe space to, to have that kind of conversation. Yeah, but I think it also, like, the land named us, and when I say us, I'm, I'm addressing Indigenous, um, mm-hmm. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders and, and language groups and the land that we call Australia. But... When, when, I, when he said that, when he said um, the land named us, it sort of filtered its way into my own design thinking. I think as architects, you know, it's always important to be site-specific and I certainly was trained to think that way by studying at UQ and about thinking about placemaking and the importance of that to make something unique. But I guess this was just an additional layer the land named us sort of resonated into let I get like I said letting the land speak its truth working with the land and then I, I think it just sort of shaped the way I or emphasized the need for me to focus more on not overdoing it in the design you know <laughs> sort of responding in an appropriate way with community or just if it's a house in Paddington or really, really focusing in on letting the land or the landscape come into the design and um, letting it shape how a building evolves. Yeah, I think it would have been a really really important moment Um, and, yeah, it sounds like it really... Well, gave you a lot to to think about and work with, which is which is beautiful. Yeah, and I also really liked. Um, I always love hearing Sarah Lynn Reese speak as well because she does a lot of work at Jackson Clement Burrows with um, Indigenous communities um, and, and projects that are specifically community based. And 
it was a, you know, it is an insight um, into lessons on how we do that. Um, and I know there are documents out there that are assisting designers on how to approach and almost like a guide, but I think we'll see more of it for sure. And I guess that's the beauty of APAF as well is by having these events where we sit around and just have a conversation about um, Indigenous values and architecture and its entwining and the importance of entwining Aboriginal values and narratives into design, the more about that, the more that it's just going to become the norm and it should be the norm. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those things that when we start to have those conversations, I mean, even if they're a little bit uncomfortable or, uh, you know, they're they're brand new to us and we might step on, you know, might say a few things that aren't exactly right. The more we have those conversations, the less awkward they'll feel, and yeah, the, the more we'll break down our own ignorance. <laughs> yeah, and I would say to people as well, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. It's important to have these conversations so that it does doesn't it isn't taboo to ask how something should sit in this landscape here or what was the story here and. I just think people are maybe a little bit scared too. They don't want to put a foot wrong. And unfortunately, to learn, you have to fail. (laughs) It's okay to fail. Just be gracious about it and be respectful when you do ask. I think it's certainly, um, we'll see more of it. Yeah, absolutely. APAF 2020, even though it was cut a little bit short, it sounds like it was so, so rewarding for everyone who attended. Georgia, thank you so much for being involved in the podcast. It was really lovely to speak to you about APAF and about your experience as a, as a young architect. Um, and we hope everything goes well for you at APAF uh, 2021 and we get to speak to you more about it then. Yeah, will do. Um, look forward to speaking more about it too with you, Dan. Thanks for listening. This has been a mini episode of Hearing Architecture featuring Georgia Burks from the Asia Pacific Architecture Festival. This episode was coordinated by Imagine Committee member Kirsty Voles. If you'd like to hear more interviews with architects from around Australia, please keep listening to Hearing Architecture on your favourite podcast app. The more support we get from you, the more episodes we get to make. So if you'd like to show your support, please rate, review and subscribe to Hearing Architecture wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is a production by the Australian Institute of Architects, Emerging Architects and Graduates Network in collaboration with Open Creative Studio. The Institute production team was Stacey Rodder, Madeline Jenkins and Claudia McCarthy. Written and directed by Daniel Moore. To learn more about what the Australian Institute of Architects is doing to support architects and the community, please visit architecture.com.au. This content is brought to you by the Australian Institute of Architects, Emerging Architects and Graduates Network in collaboration with Open Creative Studio. This content does not take into account specific circumstances and should not be relied on in that way. This content does not constitute legal, financial, insurance or other types of advice. You should seek independent verification of advice before relying on this content in circumstances where loss or damage may result. The Institute endeavours to publish content that is accurate at the time it is published, but does not accept responsibility for content that may or will become inaccurate over time.